Hi, beautiful people. I'm Shanika. I'm Chloe. I'm Corey. I'm Kelsey. And we are Mother. We are Black mothers. And artists in a big city. Navigating motherhood for the first time. Through a pandemic. Sharing our personal experiences. The sweet moments with the kids. And all the shit they don't tell you. Motherhood. Raw. Undressed. And unapologetic. This journey can be a mother. Shut your mouth. This is Mother. Hello and welcome to Mother. We are here for another episode and I am so excited because this is something I'm really passionate about and I would love to uh, get to share all of our thoughts about this. And we also have a special guest that is going to be with us in a few few moments. Um, And our topic for today is breastfeeding. Now, I had a truly insane journey with breastfeeding. I guess... I always knew that breastfeeding was something that I wanted to do. And I was adamant that I was gonna make it happen, hell or high water. Um, But it definitely was a struggle for me personally and something that took a lot of time, um, a lot of money. (laughs) Um, So I would love to like dig deeper into this and let's get started and talk about it. there's also one thing I definitely wanted to talk about, which we can all discuss as well, is um, the fact that lactation consultants are not covered by insurance. Um, but I just think that is something that is so important for new mothers. And it's and it's just not something that is available. You know, not everyone can put money up front um, and then get money back in the future. And it is really expensive. And I just think it's something that really needs to start getting covered. By- well, I and and you know what? And we had it covered under Jared's insurance. Oh. Um, he works for the city of New York. And so they did have it covered three visits, up to three visits though. Oh. Up to three visits. Um and you but you couldn't choose. They chose for you, which it's like, okay, yeah, the insurance can cover it, but I'm not vetting, I don't get to vet anymore. Yeah. You know, and I didn't really like that part of the process that it kind of was just like they just kind of chose for you they listed off maybe like three names and then it was like okay I guess you know type of thing so there are some insurance that do cover it but I don't know you want you want to be able to choose so also too there's there's the they also have the the lactation consultants in the hospital right when you're in the hospital yes and you know like she comes around like once once a day maybe and, you know, she's there for like 10 minutes. And I don't I don't think she shared any information with me that I used to Brett. Like it was all just, and it was but it was like, oh, you can have flotation and and come around like, you know, she'll help you out. And she'll, and she was she came. We we had her come and she didn't help at all. And I know like they're strapped and like, you know, I can only imagine what it's like to navigate a New York hospital system as a lactation consultant. But it just, there was a huge, a very stark difference between the lactation information I got in the hospital and then when I hired a private lactation consultant. Well, this actually is like a great segue into my first question for everyone. Um, had had you guys researched breastfeeding before you gave birth? Was it something that was kind of on your mind? And also, 
did you have a plan of how you wanted to breastfeed? Did you want to exclusively breastfeed? Did you want to have like a bottle and breastfeeding? A friend of mine, actually, it was really funny because she was like opposite to how I was because I all I wanted to do is be able to breastfeed. Um, and she was like upset because she'd wanted to do breastfeeding and formula and he wouldn't take the formula, which is like hysterical, right? Because it's like so different. You know, honestly, I really didn't until your journey, Chloe, like when you were sharing your journey with me, that was when I was like, oh, I actually probably should look into this because I was so focused on labor and delivery and just like what the heck that was going to be that I just didn't even think about postpartum really at all, which is a huge issue, but like specifically the breastfeeding, because that's such a huge part of your first um, 48 really is like trying to figure that out, you know? And so I just, after you had talked about the struggles that you had had, I was like, okay, well, I think it's worth it for me to look a little bit more into this. Like maybe I should take a course, learn a little bit more about like the possibilities of what other options there could be, because I didn't even think about the possibility that it wouldn't work for me until, listening to you like I just thought oh well like you know every mom can do it like once the baby's born like the milk just comes and you just figure it out and that's obviously not true like a lot of women struggle with breastfeeding and some you know give up pretty early on because of the lack of knowledge about how difficult it is so I really appreciated you sharing that I thought that was that was really helpful for me Um, and then because of that I ended up doing some more research and I ended up like reading a little bit more about it obviously they talk about it in a lot of the the baby books but there's nothing in comparison to actually experiencing it experiencing it and the great thing too was that my midwife who um, helped me when I had my labor and delivery her birthing assistant was a a lactation consultant along with my doula being a lactation consultant. So I ended up having two people to sort of consult with and ask any questions that I had while I was still pregnant. And then having both of those resources on the postpartum end was super helpful as well. And yeah, that that's like, that actually was an interesting, a great question because same for me, Corey, like Chloe was the guiding like source of you should definitely, because remember, I was so excited to also breastfeed when we were talking. I was like, and I could tell as a friend, she was like, how do I like not kill the dream, but also make sure that my friend is like understanding and knowledgeable. But I appreciated that. And not everybody could be receptive to that, to that way, but I was receptive and I'm glad I was receptive. And I didn't take it as you telling me that it wasn't going to work out. It just is like, girl, get you some information understand the knowledge, understand these are some circumstances, which is ultimately what we're trying to do with this podcast platform anyway, is to not traumatize people or give them, you know, negative. We're just trying to give the real so that you can know your options. And I'm so glad you did that because when I, when the lactation consultant came around for me, um, Kelsey, she was shocked at how much I already kind of understood about breastfeeding because I had done so much research before and like Kelsey said because they also can only be with you in your room for so long I don't think if I didn't have that knowledge prior to even just a little bit of knowledge about like what a latch looks like you know different videos that they have on the La Leche website just little things um, I I think that that would have been an even more difficult journey um, for the beginning part for me And I, and to answer your question, I didn't know, I knew I wanted to breastfeed. 
I didn't know if I wanted to do breast and bottle. If I, I just knew that I wanted to, to breastfeed. Um, and it's, and, and as much as I wanted to plan that, I almost am like, I just had to eventually go with the flow of the journey because your baby eventually is going to tell you what they want to damn do. You know, I did very early introduce a bottle to him, maybe like a few weeks after we established like a, a good latch. Um, I, I like introduced that because I knew, you know, eventually I'm going to want to go back to work and I want it to be a slow progress into him getting used to it so that it wasn't just like I've heard stories of it just being like you're trying to like all of a sudden very stark get the baby to take a bottle and they're like what the heck is going on um and I and I thought I was going to want to exclusively bottle feed with breast milk but then that was a thing because you don't know if your breasts are even going to produce enough milk to just exclusively bottle feed with breast milk so that was a thing um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting journey, but I didn't know if I was going to want to do both. I just knew I wanted my baby to have breast milk. Yeah, I, um, I didn't know Chloe, at the time, so I didn't, but I was very, I knew I wanted to breastfeed. I knew it was really important to me. Um, I just knew about all the benefits and I did a bunch of research, bunch of research when I was pregnant. Cause I just was like, not that I knew it was going to be difficult, but I just knew that I wanted to be prepared and have the information. So I, but, but I, but all that to say is I did a ton of research. I rolled in the class and watched the videos that, you know, my doula sent me and it still was the hardest thing ever. Like tears and tears and tears and struggle and struggle and struggle. And I knew everything, you know, I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that. So I just, I, I was, I was very intent on breastfeeding and I had, I did have to, it was, it did cause me some anxiety when it didn't happen right away. And when it was like, this is really painful, but I really want to do it. Like, how do I, you know, I knew about tongue ties, like immediately we had a, I did know that it was like, my nipples were hurting. I was like, okay, this isn't normal. So let me hire a lactation. We hired a lactation solvent. And she's like, oh, it just, it was a never ending spiral that took a very long time to get off the ground. And even though I had done all of the research, I didn't know that it was still going to be that difficult. And I understand whenever a mom like sees me breastfeeding or like it comes up, are you breastfeeding? She's like, oh yeah, I gave up or like it was too hard. And I'm like, I feel, I understand. I feel you. I, I totally feel you. And like, there's no shame in the game because it is not easy and pumping like it's a it's a, another job on top of taking care of this human on top of healing I had I was sitting on ice packs for two months while I was trying to breastfeed and I was like this is for the birds like what the what is going on right now Hopefully, no yeah. one no one talks about you gotta breastfeed and sit down for hours on end while you're also healing so for the listeners because uh Everyone here knows my story, but um, for the listeners, basically I had a journey and somehow I have managed to exclusively breastfeed and Campbell is going to be a year on June 23rd. So I'm still breastfeeding, which is like literally my dream, all I ever wanted. When, um, you know, like you hear like they're born and they you put them on the chest and then they just like wiggle their way over to your boob and then they latch and it's like amazing. And for some reason, when I was pregnant, I just was like, I feel like this ain't gonna happen for me. Like, I just feel like this is gonna be hard. Um, 
and she didn't latch. But I didn't even know what it was meant to feel like. I didn't know what a latch looked like or felt like or whatever. So she did something on my nipple. I was like, well, maybe that was something. I don't even know. I get to the recovery room after and there's a nurse that comes around, you know, and they got it like tick off the list, you know, oh, latched healthy, blah, 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 blah. She comes over, literally grabs my nipple and like pulls it so hard. So I have like pretty flat nipples. So I guess it was like hard for her to like find a latch. Um, so she like pulls my nipple, grabs Campbell's head and is like shoving it on my boob. It like hurt. It was awful. I was like, this feels terrible. And I like knew enough that I was like, okay, this is not right. Anyway, it was horrible. Obviously Campbell was born as I think most of our babies were on the very small side. So Campbell already had to be taken literally every three hours. She had to get her sugar tested, like her sugar level tested. And they kept telling me if she goes below, then we're going to have to like give her sugar and we're going to have to give her formula. And so I was already like, oh, I'd read stuff, you know? So I was like, okay, like I really don't want it to go under. So already I'm like stressing out. It's like the worst scare tactic ever. You're, you're already in the most vulnerable position. Yeah. And then they're scaring you that like your baby's going to die. Yes. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, so then I'm like, okay, what do I do? So I knew like, I knew in the hospital they have lactation consultants. So I obviously I called her one straight away. The woman that came, she was okay. She wasn't great, but she did teach me to like express colostrum and colostrum is what we get before milk for those who don't know. Um, and so like, it's only a tiny, tiny amount they need. So I literally would hand express a drop. That's all I could get out. I'm terrible at hand expressing. I'm still terrible at hand expressing. It just doesn't work for me. But anyway, I could get a drop out. So I would get a drop. I would like put it, you know, to her lips. And that's what she would, she got for like the first 24 hours. I had a very easy birth and it was great. And I recovered really well. So I could leave it in 24 hours. So we were like leaving soon. And I'm like, I can't feed my, like, what am I meant to do? So luckily because the 24 hours was over, like it was the next day, I asked for another lactation consultant who came in and she literally put me on the road to the beginning. Like, you know, it was like enough to get me home. And she gave me a nipple shield, which I'd never heard of before. It's like a little silicone thing that has like a sticky outfit to like, you know, represent a nipple. And that's how Campbell latched. Thank the Lords that I had that to get me home. So that got me through. And then obviously I had the like worries of like, oh, will she ever be able to breastfeed without this nipple shield? And she wouldn't latch without it. And then like one day, a month later, Kyle, my husband came in the room um, and he's like, just try, I think it's gonna happen today. And it did. And it was like, I was like so happy. Um, Go Kyle. I know Kyle, Kyle has got the, uh, the good old. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know what, you know what it is? I think for husbands, God bless their souls. I think it's because they're able to see it from the outside perspective. They're the calm in the storm. They're the support in the storm, you know, too. So for the partners that are also listening, like, be the calm in the storm. <laughs> we are having so many things go through our minds because we, especially when you be, when you want to, you know, you're the life source while they're in and then the life source while they're out. Mm. It's just so much that sometimes when they're the calm in the storm, like it even took Jared just being like, just relax, just relax, you know, because you don't think about how they're human beings. And even though they're young human (laughs) beings, well, it's like, even though they're young human beings. That's not that I would have, I was too sensitive. That would have sent me over the ledge. (laughs) When he told me to just relax, I would have blown up my apartment building. (laughs) I think it's the way he did it. He wasn't like, yo, you need to relax. 
it was just kind of like in my face and just like breathe. You know what I mean? Like breathe, relax, because he knows when I get like this, all of my tension is up to my neck and then I can't, you know, I'm not breathing. And he's just like, relax, you know? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it comes from knowing a person for 16 years, but literally the moment that he told me to relax things, because there wasn't so much tension, you know, because it's also what do we what have we learned, too? It's also like about body position and like oh. how you're holding it, you know, and, and so many different things. So that's interesting that Kyle was like, you know what? Try today. Yeah. That outside yeah. perspective. I found like an incredible lactation consultant who, because of the pandemic, we were everything was virtual. So that was also hard because I couldn't have someone help me like with positions and all of that. I had to try and do it all myself or ourselves, which was really difficult, but she literally was available to me whenever it was amazing. Thank the Lord for her. Um, yeah, so that, so that basically explains my journey. And she also had a tongue lip tie, which we're going to get to when we have our special guest on. We had to deal with all of that as well, which basically for me ended up really helping her latch and feeding. Um, all of this to say, because we worked so hard on the breastfeeding, girl will not take a bottle. <laughs> so now I'm at the other end of like, ah! Now you're trapped. <laughs> I'm a slave. I'm a slave to the baby. Well, you want to know what's so funny? He was taking bottles at the beginning. I stopped giving him bottles um, because my I was having supply issues. So I was trying to work it out. And then now that I'm trying to reintroduce them, he like, what you doing, girl? Whoa, 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 whoa. He won't take the bottle? He, he, he won't take it if he's in my house. When his godmother keeps him, God, thank you. Thank the Lord for Camille. <laughs> when she keeps him, he will take a bottle all day with her. Wow. But if he's in my house, I guess my smell is just so oh strong my in my house. He's like, no, ma'am. We, I know my mom's around somewhere. I'm not. We're not doing this. But if he's in her house, he'll take like four bottles. Fine, easy, easy. Carver's doing too. He's like, he's all of a sudden in this place where I mean, I, I literally, I think I have to fly to Minnesota for him to take a bottle now <laughs> because it's like I'm, no. if I'm anywhere near, and he spots me in in the corner of his eye sometimes, and Wayne will have him, and he's like. <laughs> he's looking at me like I know she's over there I want it fresh from the tap I don't want this bottle <laughs> oh man how did you guys how did you guys do with like neck pain shoulder pain like positionings because I tell you the amount of migraines I got and like the amount of shoulder pain I guess because Campbell was very specific she would only like let me feed her in one position at first it was the football hold that was all that worked and then it was cross crazy gotta love a football gotta love I was a loving I was overdoing that I was loving the football at the beginning I was like look yes. this is the easiest way for me I'm yes. just gonna have to do it like this God God whoever created football hold you are a saint yeah, but then I moved to the cross cradle, which afterwards my lactation consultant was like, ah, that is not a great one because it caused me so much neck tension. I got um, trigger finger in my little finger and I literally had to have a cortisone shot into my finger because I could not bend it because of the way I was holding her with so much tension. It was like insane. Did anyone else have any of these experiences or was it just me? Actually, I went to the chiropractor because my wrist 
I was having probably, I don't know, like I have like a little bump there now. And when he saw it, he immediately knew he was like, you breastfeed. And I was like, yeah, he was like, all of my breastfeeding moms get them. And it's like, um, it's almost like a callus that's started in there that I really need to go get fixed. <laughs> he was like, he, yeah. So I, that's, that was the pain, the wrist pain that I had on my left wrist. And it's, you know, it's still kind of screwy in there if it gets uh, almost like a tendonitis type of situation. So yes, girl, I felt, I felt that. And looking down at him, always wanting to look down at him, my neck pain, I had, I had the exact same thing. And I would tell myself, stop straight looking down at him. But it's like, you want to, you want to connect with him while you're doing it. But I had to like, stop doing it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes, I had, I experienced that as well. I didn't have that. I didn't have, I don't know if it's because. No, well, good for you. I didn't have any pains, but I had that, my breast friend pillow. I don't know if any of you had that. Oh yeah. You told us about that. That pillow was everything because I really didn't even have to touch him. Like you just lay him down and then he would just, it, it has like a little lump where his head goes. So it lifts his head up slightly and it was, it was amazing. He's too big for it now, but I was using that for pretty much the first two months entirely of his life, two and a half months, I think, um, of that. And it was amazing. And I had had originally, I had a friend had bought me that boppy. Cause I think that's the thing that everybody uses normally. And my doula was like, no, <laughs> she's like, first of all, he was too small for it because I think typically your baby needs to be at least eight pounds for those, for the boppies to actually even really support them in the right way. So yeah. I messed up. I messed up with the boppy. You had the boppy. I also got it for free from someone else. And I think it was like, it was funny because afterwards I went to my mate's house and she had a new boppy and I was like, what was I doing? <laughs> my boppy was like bent in the mid. Like it wasn't, doing, it wasn't doing anything for yeah. me. It probably highlighted all my problems. The, the horrible thing. Yeah. And Campbell was small. And like my doula said that for smaller babies, a boppy is just not, it's, it already was, she didn't recommend it anyway, but for small babies, she was really like the breastfed pillow is is it. And I swear by it. Like all of my girlfriends now, I'm like, even if you have a baby that's, you know, eight or nine pounds, at least just to relieve that upper body tension where you can just sort of strap them and keep them on your waist. It was amazing for me. So I think that's maybe why, I don't know, but I didn't have any, any aches or pains from breastfeeding. I didn't have many. I did have a tight neck, but I also went to chiropractor every week for like the first two to three months of his life. So, oh, it's gone now. It rolled away. Yes, you threw it. Flower of Life work. Flower of Life chiropractors. Flower of Life chiropractors. If you live in Brooklyn. Yes, I miss them so much. I miss them so much. I should have gone. (laughs) Yeah, I should have gone. My body's like, yeah, that that was an error. Right, let's get ready for our special guest. So, our guest today is Jackie Torres. She is a lactation consultant who provides breastfeeding services through her private practice, Little Seed Maternity. She has a background in maternal child nursing, where she has spent years supporting families in Philadelphia with their reproductive health. Let's give a warm welcome and a hello to Jackie. Hi. <laughs> thank, thank you all for having me yes 
Thank you for this coming This is so on. exciting. This is so exciting. She's our first like feature special guest. This is exciting. <laughs> oh. Yes, so I'm, I know you and I have like had a little conversation. And so I would love to hear like what got you started um, with becoming an IBLC. IBC. Yeah. Yes. Um, so my journey is probably a little bit different than a lot of people in the field. Um, I have a nursing background and my background has been predominantly in public health. And I started off doing um, home visiting for low-income families and doula support um, and predominantly families of color that were experiencing homelessness, experiencing financial struggles, um, also people who were in domestic violence situations, people who um, were also experiencing mental health and substance use. I really felt so passionately about, you know, educating myself more because even though I had a nursing background, I had no idea how much was involved with lactation. And um, as I, you know, started meeting with lactation consultants and really kind of diving into it, I also realized that there weren't many people in the field that looked like me as a woman of color. And so um, it really spurred me on. I had wonderful mentoring from, you know, some Black um, IBCLCs who really were just like, we need you. And I um, became a lactation consultant in 2017 and then opened up my private practice in 2019 and have been helping families all along the way, which has been wonderful for sure. And thank you for yeah. being yeah. someone that can provide help to people that need it. Um, now, I know we spoke a little bit about tongue and lip ties and Campbell had that. And um, also, I know Shanika and Kelsey both went through some yeah. situations. Um, can you just speak to us a bit about that? And I guess I have a question because um, I had heard a lot about it before. Um, and it was something the pediatrician at the hospital looked for, but they said everything was fine. But then when I worked with my lactation consultant, they could see it in the in her function of the way she was eating. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess my question is, why is like, why does it seem like so many babies have this and um, are obviously getting this procedure? And it just seems like, was it something that is just happening now? Has it always been for all of time, but somehow they knew how to breastfeed with those before and now we don't? Like, I would just love to know, like, the whole history with it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with tongue ties, it's still something that is very much underdiagnosed. Um, we have you know, when it comes to lactation specialties, you can see, you know, pediatricians or your OBGYN or your, even your midwife um, and their knowledge of lactation and the functioning that needs to happen orally for a baby um, is very limited. So you, I hear a lot of what you're saying when, you know, a lot of people go to their pediatrician and they look in the mouth and they're like, oh, it's fine. It's not that bad. Um, but really that's what exactly matters what is, happened to me. That's yeah, what happened yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah they and just like, so, Oh, he has a heart suck. It's, 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 he's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that happens all the time, all the time. And the reality is, is a lot of people aren't very trained in really assessing, can this baby 
actually remove milk from the breast. And that's where a lactation consultant who is trained in really assessing the functioning of breastfeeding um, really can say, hey, you know what, even if it doesn't look that bad, the functioning isn't there. And so um, a lot of babies, you know, are born, every, every baby's born with a frenulum, which is what the ties are. Um, and they're supposed to, before they're born, actually be able to, you know, be stretched out and recede. Um, but for some babies, they kind of remain thick or tight. Um, and, you know, they, no matter how many positioning you can do, um, some babies, you know, that restriction is just too much for them to overcompensate for. Um, and so, you know, that's why, you know, when um, you see parents who are having issues with latching or latching deeply into the breast or they're having pain while breastfeeding. Or having like um, bog ducks, all the, yep. I have bog ducks mm -hmm. all the time. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing too, is like, you know, the, the issues with your breasts that happen, your milk supply can drop, you know, all of those things can happen because your baby's not able to get that milk out, you know? And if you're not, if you don't know that that's happening, which most parents really don't, and you're not, then this is why like, you know, when you're working with a lactation consultant, you know, a lot of times they'll recommend to pump or try to get that milk moving because you know, most parents don't even realize that their baby really isn't that effective of a feeder because of those limitations for sure. And then so obviously like years, decades and decades, hundreds of years ago or whatever, it just seems so insane that like so many babies are born with it if it's something that should be like if breastfeeding is meant to be like a natural thing. So what did they do before? Did everyone just bottle feed or? Wet nurses. Wet nurses. They knew how so, to it, like. So, so that's the thing about the history of lactation and breastfeeding. It was very communal, you know, and the historical, um, you know, when you look back in history, women you know, we're getting pregnant around the same time because when we're around other women, a lot of times our cycles will sync up. Um, and a lot of times, you know, if, if a baby was having issues, um, you know, a lot of times they would, you know, be able to maybe latch on with someone else, but, you know, it's very, you know, with tongue ties and lip ties and things like that, you know, the way that we birth is also, you know, impacting how, you know, things um, happen orally with the baby because babies are so tiny. It's not just about the mouth. It's also about the whole body that's impacted with latching on. And so sometimes you see like babies can have, you know, a tongue tie or lip tie, but if they have a lot of things going right in their body, they're able to kind of over again, compensate for that and are able to, you know, latch on, but some babies, you know, need that extra support and, you know, getting um, procedures done and also body work done too. When I was, um, when I was researching getting lip and, uh, or getting, uh, my son's tongue tie revised. I met with a dentist or the, the who did his end up doing his procedure that told me this so fascinating that 
back in like the older, like, like, you know, a long time ago, like midwives, <clears throat> they would grow their pinky nail really, really long. Mm-hmm. And so after a baby was born, they had a really long and they could just clip the, clip the tongue tie like right out of the womb. Isn't that crazy? I was like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh, that's I know. crazy. I know. I thought that was so uh, fascinating. That's <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Also, what I felt like find interesting, Jackie, and what you were saying about, you know, it being such a communal thing is, and like we did speak about this briefly as well, is like I never really seen anyone breastfeed. Yeah. Like I was so unaware of positions. I didn't know you could do different positions. I like had no idea about any of that stuff. And I think, you know, um, also it's something about like us breastfeeding in public, which I'm like way more comfortable with now because it's like easier for Campbell to latch and everything, but you just don't see it. It's so unnatural to us. I think that's yeah. such a uniquely American thing too, because when you travel, I've, I remember in European countries that I've been to where women are breastfeeding all over the place and it's just a part of social life. Whereas I feel like in American culture, it's taboo. Like even sometimes for me, I, I've realized in being in public, like there are certain moments where I feel a little bit more shy about it. And I feel like I need to pull out my cover and cover him. And then there's other moments where I'm like, no, frick that, like I'm feeding my child, but there's still like this internal, like shame around it. Like even to the point where I think you guys might know about the, the freedom mom company and like how their last year their one of their commercials got banned and it was literally just a woman like trying to go to the bathroom after having a baby which is something that people do every day and like the idea of seeing a bare naked breast feeding a child is like somehow sexualized in American culture when it's not a sexual thing at all it's it's life I mean everybody had to be sustained from life for from a breast like most people did and so I don't understand why it's like turned into this like almost political thing now in American culture you know yeah. You know what also is interesting that we had talked about when I was telling you in a previous conversation, one of our just like social conversations, um, my grandmother, I asked my grandma and my mom, like, how come they never talked about it? Why it wasn't normal, normal conversation. And I feel like I come from a family where, you know, we're pretty open, you know, when it comes to just speaking about different, different topics. But this was one I remember just never talking about, never seeing it, like Chloe said. And neither one of my, my grandmother and my mom, they, neither one of them breastfed. And my grandma said, well, we weren't even given the option. She's from St. Louis. I don't know what was going on in St. Louis, but she said she wasn't even given the option. As soon as you had a baby, they gave you some kind of shot that kind of dried everything up. And so you weren't even given that option. So I, I don't know how legal that was, <laughs> but that was something that happened to her. And so she said, that's why I never, you know, never talked about it and and I didn't talk to my daughters about it because it never was even an option for me and it's so common you know the stories of you know our elders and what they experienced and there's a book um from Kimberly Seals Allers called The Big Letdown um she is a black mother and she writes about kind of the history of the formula industry and its impact on specifically a lot of American culture and a lot of it, it is political. You know, when I talk about lactation, you know, and becoming a lactation consultant, you know, it is political because, you know, even as frequently as the Trump administration, they were trying to 
block the World Health Organization from promoting breastfeeding worldwide, you know, because there's money in it. There's money in it. And so when you think about the whole industry around birth, you know, formula companies are earning millions and billions of dollars, you know, for people not to breastfeed, you know? And so it is like a struggle because, you know, even though we've come so far with regulations around, you know, um, formula promotion in hospital and trying to like get that influence kind of away from lactation, the reality is is so many parents still have never really been around breastfeeding. And the more, you know, even um, there's studies coming out about even recent immigrants, um, specifically, you know, Hispanic and Latino immigrants, um, their, you know, after their children have children, some of that second generation aren't even breastfed because culturally in America, it's just not the norm or it's not seen as the norm. Um, and so, uh, you know, the realities of like how much that limits people's confidence to feel like they can do it, especially if they're the first person in their family or in their friend group, or just, you know, that they know of, you know, that, um, you know, that can feel really isolating being the only one or the first one to do it for sure. Totally. It's so crazy to think about that. Like just not having ever seen it before, even though it is such, it it is such a human thing. And I mean, every animal does some version of, of this, some version of like a breast to the baby. And it's just so, so strange that for us, like we could go for a really long time, not even seeing it. And even in like pop culture on television and stuff, like they don't really show that. Like you typically see when some, when a woman has a baby on a TV show that they usually have a bottle. Like you don't actually see them breastfeeding, which is something I just thought about. Like, as I was thinking about like what we see regularly on TV, it's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could talk forever about all of this stuff because it's so interesting. Um, but I'm going to move on to a next question, which I think all of us will be very intrigued about is um, vaccines and breastfeeding. Because obviously that is something that is very important right now. Um, and Jackie, we spoke as well about this because when I had the flu shot, um, I got that probably it was like October or November or something. Um, and then I got the, um, Pfizer vaccine recently and both times when I got shots, um, I like produced insane amounts of milk on like one, one boob. Like I know what happened. Like that was my reaction. Hi, Campbell. Um, (laughs) She wants to be a bell. She's like, yeah, mommy, you did produce a lot of milk on that side. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted to ask firstly, um, is that something that happens? Because I've spoken to other people and I don't know if they've necessarily had that. And then also I know all of us are like very intrigued about like antibodies and if we pass them on. And I'd spoken to my pediatrician about that Um with the COVID vaccine. And she said, well, antibodies kind of only get passed on when they're younger. Like it doesn't necessarily happen when they're old in older babies. So I'd love to hear your opinions on all of that. Sure. Um, So it's been really interesting, you know, with the COVID vaccine, it's brand new, right? There hasn't been, especially for pregnant and breastfeeding people, 
like a lot of research studies don't include that population. So in any um, medical studies or trials. So with the COVID vaccine, it is kind of like we're seeing a lot of different things um, as far as like reactions to it. I've had, you know, people who like yourself have had like increased increased supply, you know, all of a sudden. And then a couple of days later, it's like back down to normal. Um, and then I've had some people have a dip in supply too. Um, and so it's been really interesting to kind of hear people's experiences um, because it also just, for me, what I'm seeing is like the differences in the immune response, you know, of, you know, different people. And we're really learning so much. And I'm grateful that now, there are research studies that are happening in the U.S. where people have volunteered to participate um, prior to getting their shot. So that way we can have that data to really see like what's going on. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the preliminary study that came out of Israel, um, which um, kind of showed that there were antibodies from COVID vaccine in breast milk, um, from their participants. And it was actually quite a few um, of the participants, like the majority of the participants had antibodies in their breast milk to COVID after having um, the vaccine, which was so exciting for everybody in the field because it was like, you know, here's some data that we could kind of have some hope that this is actually happening. Um, and, you know, the thing is with you know, that, you know, we don't actually know how long those antibodies continually go into the breast milk from the COVID vaccine for how long um, and how much protection it offers. Um, I'm really hoping that the studies that are going on now will actually answer those questions. Um, but the reality is, is like with breast milk, it is naturally very protective. Um, it changes at every feeding what your breast milk consists of. And so, you know, the protective nature and the immune response of your body um, in your breast milk is there naturally. And so um, that's why, you know, when people do get COVID-19, there is that recommendation to continue nursing because, you know, the antibodies that are in that breast milk, no matter how old the baby is, can be protective, especially when they're too young to get the vaccine themselves. Okay. So that was like maybe slightly wrong on my pediatrician. Cause I feel like she said at like three months or six months or something, they're like, Oh, they don't really get antibodies from your breast milk anymore. It's more for nutrition. And that's the thing about like, you know, with breastfeeding education, like it takes a lot of research and like really dedication to like, kind of learning how breast milk works, you know? And, um, and so, you know, it does, I always like love encouraging parents because there's actually a lot of parents who felt so empowered by, you know, hearing that there's antibodies in breast milk. I've had, you know, people who decided to relactate after weaning um, to continue nursing their older children. So it really is like, an amazing thing to know, to feel like you're doing something really awesome for your baby and protective. I didn't even know you could do that. Relax. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard so, about that word. Like sometimes that can happen um, hormonally if you are like holding or watching someone else's child for a prolonged amount of time and like you've stopped lactating and then your breasts will hormonally just start creating milk if you're around a baby for, I don't know how long, but I just thought that was so cool too. But one thing that you were yeah. saying that um, I I think is interesting as well is like just the lack of knowledge around like specifically for OBGYNs and pediatricians around so many elements of taking care of a baby. <laughs> like it's, that's actually super confusing to me that there's so many, like they go to school for so many things, but like the very specific things around birthing and all of that, a lot of them don't know, like this, this isn't necessarily applicable to breastfeeding, but I just remember my OBGYN, like not even really knowing at all. I told her I wanted to have a home birth. And like, of course she like gave me all the reasons why I shouldn't do it. And, you know, one of the reasons was that I, she was like, well, if you tear, then who's going to stitch you up? Like the midwife can't do that. And I was like, yes, she can. (laughs) Like she's trained to do that. And it just was so interesting that she didn't know that like as a doctor, you know, and so even with the tongue tie stuff and talking to my pediatrician, there's a lot of things that I've sometimes will ask her just because I'm curious to hear what her perspective is. And then I'll go back and do research. And I'm like, actually, that wasn't necessarily 100% true. And like the whole antibody thing, like that seems to me from the little bit of research that I've done in comparison to many other people, that seems like basic knowledge because you even know that if your baby has a cold, your breast milk changes and adjust in order to help the baby get better from that. So it's crazy to me that she would say like three to six months, the baby, like you're not getting any antibodies for anything anymore. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) I was so so confused and kind of upset about it, but I was like, okay. (laughs) And right, we're going to have to start wrapping this up. But one last question that I would love to ask everyone, Jackie included, is... Um, if you could give an item for new moms to be or parents to be um, that would help with breastfeeding, what would it be? I mean, y'all know I'm team my breast friend pillow. <laughs> I loved that dang on thing. I still have it. He can't even fit it anymore. I'm just like, I just want to still have it around just in case. <laughs> Um, And I would say for me, what really helped is I got, they weren't specifically for like breastfeeding, but I had, I have two um, like small packs that are heat, um, hot and cold packs because I got clogged up a lot. So I would like put them on to like heat to try and get the milk flowing. Um, And then also the hacker came in handy for me, like big time. You can use Epsom salts with it. You can draw those clogs out. Um, That was really helpful. And that's so funny because I found the haka like frustrating, like the process of what you have to do to, you know, to get your breath going. And he's like screaming. He's ready to eat. He does not have time for the haka to do what it needs to do so that he can eat. But I'm like, dude, you, you're going to you're like choking. I need to help you. Out. Well, I would, I would but, speak to my sister-in-law about that because she found it so easy to just hand express and hated. That. Yeah, I was just about to say I ended yeah. up just hand expressing because it just was so, so much easier for me. I would do that or I would use the hand pump that they gave me, you know, at the hospital because the he just was not happy. But anyway, it is it still is a great tool. It is a great tool. My <laughs> baby was just thing is, like everyone's so different. Like so for me, the hacker was so helpful because I couldn't really hand express. The two that I would say is mother love, more milk bless. 
breast milk supply supplements. I found that they've helped me. I, I, I really like them. Um, as well as the Willow Pump. I'm a huge fan. I like that it's hands-free. I like that I'm not like feeling like I'm attached to a machine. I like that I can still walk around and do the things that I need to do. I wish they were covered by insurance. It's really annoying that they aren't covered by insurance. Um, I got them as a gift. So I was, you know, I was very, someone blessed me with them as a gift. But um, if you can afford to get them or get them as a gift, I highly recommend them if you are like a working mom or a very um, busy multitasking mom. So for me, I didn't, so I have the Willow Pump too, and I actually don't recommend them for me, for, I, I do not like them and I'm pissed that I spent money on them. <laughs> um, cause they're very expensive. And I initially liked the hands-free, but then I was talking to my lactation consultant and she, I, she actually recommended, she's like, I think you should get a, uh, you know, she's like, I know it's annoying, but if you can have a pump, you know, an electric or, you know, a, a one that you can't move around with to help you express more milk, um, so I'm going to give the will another chance when I'm like on the go, like I'm going to be out more, so, but for the, so I, for my, my recommendations for breastfeeding are the silverette cups, the little silver cups that you put on your nipples in the early stages, they like help keep your nipples like cool. And if they're irritated at all. Um, and then I love the spectra pump. It's helped my milk supply. It, it like completely pulls all the milk out. And, um, it's, it's, I should have, I, I registered for some other dumb pump through my insurance and I didn't, I then had to also come out of pocket for the spectra. Like breastfeeding is also expensive. Like, I think like, we'll talk about that, but it's expensive to, to get you on a successful journey. In my opinion, yeah. especially if things aren't going the right way, or if your kid has a tongue tie or a lip tie. We didn't talk about how much it costs to get a tongue tie and lip tie release did we <laughs> it's very expensive very expensive <laughs> what didn't you like about the <laughs> what didn't you like about your willow pump i'm interested because it because it is it is both sides some there is no gray area you either Correct. find women that absolutely love it and yeah. women that hate it and i know yes. it's not necessarily a hospital grade so that is something right. to think about yes um, i'm more so just wanted it for the freedom but tell me yes. what your opinion why you didn't like well, remember when you first reached out to me, like, do you have the willow pump? We were talking about the willow pump. That thing, it feels like electric shocks. It's very strong, the suck. And it's like, it's it's jolting. I probably would be used to it now because I'm used more used to the pump. Um, but it wasn't pulling. I don't know if it was the fit. I think I maybe didn't have the right size phalanges because it. I would like, they'd be on for like 15, 20 minutes and it'd be like, you have 0.3 ounces that you've pumped. And I'm like, I, I can't, I, no, I, I can't do that. So that honestly, that was the biggest thing is that I, it wasn't yeah. pulling enough. And I, I do know that I probably needed bigger phalanges, which I did actually order. And I just haven't gotten around to, to trying it again. Yeah. Um, cause I think my, and I think that's also something with pumping you don't talk about is the phalange size. I ordered phalanges for like my pregnancy size nipples. And then they like doubled in size when the kid was here and the phalanges didn't fit anymore. So I had to buy new. So like, that's something. So if I didn't know that, and I'm just like trying to use the pump, I'm thinking, oh, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my boobs. But in reality, it's just too small. And I didn't know your nipples double inside. I thought they were big enough at being pregnant. I didn't realize they were going to get even bigger. 
Like, <laughs> they don't why tell you that? I, they don't tell you that. I know. I'm like, why didn't I appreciate my boobs before? before? <laughs> now I'm like, I wish I just like loved my boobs so much before all this. <laughs> But Jackie, yeah. I would love to know your opinion because I've asked some other lactation consultants and some say for them it's still so new that they still aren't sure where they lie with it. But I would be interested in your opinion if you have. Yeah. Um, like you said, I have heard like there is no gray area. People either love it or they hate it. One thing that is difficult for me to kind of recommend it to everyone is because there's such a small um, range when it comes to the flange sizes. So it, because it has to fit right on your breast. So um, with that, you know, the actual size of the machine itself can, is limited. Um, so especially for people who, you know, have larger chests, um, it's just not you know, powerful enough to really get that good suction. Um, and so that's why like, you know, probably for some people, you know, who it does like fit, you know, that's great, but you're spending a lot of money up front to like, kind of say like, well, let's wait and see, you know? Um, so that can be, you know, really tricky. And I think that's why, you know, I had, um, a client, probably a few weeks ago who actually like wrote them and like actually expressed like her frustration with that, that like she bought, you know, the pump and, you know, she was at the biggest size and it didn't, you know, it still wasn't working for her. And I was saying, you know, the more that we write these formula or these um, breast pump companies and say, you know, Hey, we need this, we need that. Um, I'm hoping that they come up with a model that's able, you know, to accommodate more people, um, and be more, you know, inclusive in their sizing, uh, for sure. What really matters is that this pump is working for you and, you know, and being able to have something that really is able to meet what the demand is for sure. And do you have any items that you like swear by or that you recommend? Whenever somebody says I'm having a baby shower and I want to breastfeed, what do you recommend? And I always say cash. I'm always like, give parents money, <laughs> give them Amen. money, you know, <laughs> really get that financial support, you know, because having that money put away for those tongue-tie procedures, for the co-pays, for, you know, um, different specialist visits, et cetera, et cetera, even getting, you know, breastfeeding supplies that you didn't realize you needed, you know, um, I think that that's like really, people really don't understand how much financially is involved, you know, with, you know, parenting and with lactation. And so, um, and the other thing I would say is like with that is getting support, you know, um, that's priceless, you know, it's priceless to be able to have someone, whether it's, you know, a friend, a family member, or a support group or a professional to be there when things are not going well. I've had clients who have beautiful journeys and it's still hard, you know, and they're doing so great and having somebody to like acknowledge the work that's put into it, um, the amount of sacrifice and attention that's needed. 
Um, that to me, you know, that's why I do my work every day is to be that person to like hold space. And sometimes like I'm there, you know, crying with them because it really is such a, it's an amazing thing to witness. Um, but it's also very hard, you know, and I wish I had a magic wand and said, everybody has a wonderful lactation journey and everybody's happy with it. But at the end of the day, like, you know, whether or not you actually breastfeed with your body, the the most important thing is you're doing what you feel like you need to do as a parent. And, um, and that to me is like the best part of my work is like at the end of every visit, being able to be like, you're a great mom. I was going to say, the main thing is get yourself a lactation consultant, do it before <laughs> the baby is here because you're going to need them from day one. Everyone does, even if they latch well, there's things that always come up. So I think that's like really great advice is get that cash. Um, Amen for the cash. Yes. <laughs> Campbell's birthday's coming up. So <laughs> we're like some uh, of our Venmo's on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Jackie, so much for being here with us. Thank and you, Jackie. Like, thank you, Jackie. Your advice was so helpful. And you can follow Jackie on Instagram at Little Seed Maternity um, for all your needs. Um, and as usual, we are on podcasts, we are on Instagram. <laughs> Amble, Nova Nunez and uh, we're on YouTube so check us out and um, thank you so much for joining us Campbell says thank you as well <laughs> and we will see you soon yay bye, bye thank you <laughs> to stay connected to all things mother follow us on Instagram at motherlove underscore that's M-U-T-H-A L-O-V-E underscore. And while you're at it, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube and podcast platform pages. Thanks for listening.